previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. I thought it was really cool that Antetokounmpo scored 50 points and it was the 50th anniversary oh, of wow. him last winning the NBA championship. And I'll tell you, you know, he conveniently missed that last free throw. So maybe he had that in his mind. You never know. <laughs> I think how nice it would have been if England had won as well. <laughs> Well, you know, 55 years, you know, if we had scored like 55 goals. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey, we're going solo again tonight. Uh, Simon's stuck in an airport, I think. Uh-oh. Apparently it rained in Vegas. The end of the world is coming, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to National Creme Brulee Day, Roxy. Ooh. That's good, right? Now that's, mm-hmm. we got a little something, something. And it's also National Scotch Day. So I think those two things go together. Yeah. Not really. Did you just get a creme brulee gift or something? I did. You well, got a gun, I- right? <laughs> Is that what it's called? It's a kitchen torch. Kitchen torch. Um, and I also, with said kitchen torch, I got another gift, creme brulee cups. Oh, the like the, a set to, to make creme brulee. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Well, right. the cups, I, that's not the name for them. I'm so sorry. I know that's not the name of them. I just, Roxy I had a few too many drinks at her shower <laughs> uh, this past weekend. Yeah, uh, I finally had my shower. My mom, un- that was really sweet. bless her heart, had to postpone it like four times. And this time she was like, I don't care. We're doing it. And it ended up being really, really awesome. And um, it was safe and fun. And That's great. I had 24 pieces of gum in my mouth at one point, and that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so, Littles, real quick, I'll fill them in real quick. Her maid of honor contacted me. They did one of these things where I had to answer a bunch of questions, and for everyone that Roxy got wrong... I had to answer had to, them as if I were Chuck answering yeah, them. Yeah. Like, what would Chuck say, basically? Answer, right. Yeah. And everyone she got wrong, she had to put a piece of gum in her mouth. Yeah. And, and I had uh, a choice between citrus and bubble gum. And I chose citrus. And I at first I was like, oh, this is no big deal. And then by the 12th piece, I'm like, okay, this is this is a lot of gum. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kept going. 24. Hey, you know what? Yes. All right. That's fine. But listen, I'm learning new things about you. And <laughs> that is, isn't that the beauty of spending Absolutely. your life with somebody? You, you learn something new every day, no matter how long you've been together. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to start the episode with some corrections and additions, things like that, and our normal emails. We're going to start with actually Steve Osbolt. You have that one, right? Now, this is referring to Ritz's choice of his celebrity favorite or whatever we want to call it. celebrity crush. Celebrity crush, right. Yeah, the Friday Fives were all about crushes. Yeah, and I thought he was talking about Catwoman from the Batman series. I thought he was referring to Eartha Kitt. He wasn't, but Steve wrote in. Yeah, so he wrote in, actually, there were three Catwomen from Batman 66. Julie Newmar was the first, Eartha Kitt was the second, and Lee Merriweather played her in the movie. I see. Yeah, so you weren't totally wrong in that. Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't Um, wrong. He was just pointing pointing out that there was more than just the two, technically. Well, you said so. Eartha Kitt, I thought. So. Oh, I did. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I knew Eartha Kitt was one of the cats. Yeah, I, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we also got, actually, Ritz wrote in. Here's our co-host. FYI, Roxy, it was Brandy Chastain who tore off her jersey after the World Cup winning penalty kick. July right. 10th, 1999, Rose Bowl. I was there. What? Right? Come on. Mia Hamm was great, but never took off her jersey. Right. No, yeah, she never did that. 
Ritz, uh, we're obviously going to have to have that story out of you. Hello, we, you were with us last time. You didn't tell us these Olympic stories. Like this, that's that's amazing. Well, that wasn't the Olympics. Oh, that, that was the World Cup. I, sure. Is that what it was? <laughs> I yeah, don't World know. Cup. Yeah. All right. And then next we go to a couple. All right. This one, I, I'm going to say I have to just, I didn't choose my words wisely or correctly. You have to be very careful these days. Roxy, uh, we heard from who? Kim Wilson? Yeah. Two she, L's. Yes. She wrote in or tweeted in, oh, Chuck, there are many Japanese pro leagues that many U.S. players go over to play in. So it's not a popular sport there isn't totally true. The IOC basically told baseball and softball to share fields in order to be included. Won't be in the 2024 games, but might return in 2028. That means if they weren't going to be willing to share a space then they weren't going to yeah, have the sport at they were all like, they basically had to double up or they yeah they might not i have don't know it. that that just sounds weird to me it's crap yeah i'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out there it's crap i'm sorry if you're gonna have this then they should have just not had the sport i guess and i know that sounds worse you yeah know, i would rather have the but, sport but i still feel like are they the only sport that shares? Well, a this is space? what I was going to say. Little right into us because we, we're Rox and I, we were pondering this all day before we came on the air, and we're trying to find another sport like this where the men and women's play, but it's a little bit different in like field dimensions. The only thing Roxy came up with was the golf. Obviously, they tee off from different areas, but that's kind of not the same thing because the green's the same. Everything else is the same. and that's normal in everyday life. But I'm sorry, this is the freaking Olympics. I mean, if they couldn't afford it in in the hosting country or for whatever reason, I mean, can't we get these other countries to like help out and let's get them a real field to play on? I'm sorry. It's just like, it's... It just looks bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm racking my brain of what other sport. I mean, I know gymnastics. There are obviously different events that the women do yeah, versus they, the men. But but that doesn't it doesn't change like the size of right. The, the ones space. that are the same, like the that floor routines, matter. all that's in the same area. It's same right, size, right. All that kind of stuff. We were thinking, trust me, we were racking our brain. Basketball, volleyball, all these other Swimming sports. Swimming is the same. Yeah. Diving I mean, is the same. So anyway, I guess what I was saying is I just needed to choose my words because I basically was saying what I meant to say was that it's not as, you know, popular, but maybe it is. I, I honestly don't really know. I just, it's just really upsetting to me. It's, it's hard to watch. It's been really hard to watch. I'm glad the USA did so well and all that, but it's just, yeah, it's annoying. And then next we got a really fun tweet from Ed Butt, and he basically was just pointing out he wanted us to get the hockey talk in early and basically saying Michigan hockey is the first team to have five players recruits selected in the first round of a single NHL draft. So how about that? Go blue. Yeah, I have a bunch of friends that I know are going to be very happy about that. Now, I don't know any of these players, uh, Ed. Are they are they going to be any good? We do. You, <laughs> I, well, I'm guessing he follows it up yeah. there. So congratulations to those players from Michigan. And before we get to our Meet the Littles guest, we have an email to read from Bobby Gottfried. Now, bear with us on this one. Well, let me just read it for you. It says, Dear Chuck and Roxy, back when I appeared on your wonderful podcast, love that adjective, I mentioned at the end that I'm part of a few trivia leagues. One of those is called Learned League. In brief, Learned League has four official seasons each year, and each season runs 25 days. Each day is six general knowledge questions written by the gentleman that runs the site who goes by the monkeyer Thorsten A. Integrity. However, during the lengthy off-seasons, members may submit proposals to write their own themed one-day special quizzes. These quizzes consist of 12 questions on a specific topic. 
To do a one-day special, your topic must be approved by Mr. Integrity, and he also sets the calendar on which specials will run on which days. All of that introduction is to say that in August 2020, I proposed a one-day special all about the Tony Kornheiser show. Cool. I never in a million years thought a subject as niche as this would be approved, but figured it was worth a shot. Well, lo and behold, Thorsten accepted it and put it on the calendar for Thursday, July 15th, 2021. On that glorious day, 174 people took a shot at the 12 questions I had prepared. Congratulations and a hearty La Cheeserie are in order for Ethan Ritz, who defeated all comers and took home the crown. Honorable mentions to my friend and former Chatter Trivia team, Johnny Fox, for his second place finish a mere two points behind Mr. Ritz. Why am I writing to tell you all this? Because I thought you might enjoy taking a shot at these questions yourself and or sharing them with the podcast listening audience. So without further ado, I present to you the 12 questions of the Tony Kornheiser Show one day special along with four alternates I wrote, but that did not ultimately make the final quiz. And he attaches the answers here. So I have them. So and he says, enjoy. So <laughs> we're trying to figure this out. We're not sure. We're actually getting in touch with Bobby and we're trying to figure out how we might be able to use these maybe on the days we don't do a Friday five or something. Yeah. It is quite long. So I don't think we could do like a whole segment in one. We're going to think about this. I have, we have some other ideas up our sleeves, but I just wanted to get the email in before we get to our wonderful Meet the Littles guest. Another one from out of the country, Roxy. Great. Yes, it counts. It counts. He's from Canada. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Littles, it's Oz, the great and flavorful. Why don't you join us on August 7th for the Summer of Littles here at Emerald City Catering in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is, of course, home of your world champion Milwaukee Bucks. Fear the deer. played in this episode by the Pierce Kiggins and this song is called Only Wanted to Be and they write in saying we're going for that spooky Reuben kind of sound with a splash of adult contemporary now if you like what you hear you can head on over to their Bandcamp page and that is thepiercekegans.bandcamp.com let me spell that for you it's p-i-e-r-c-e-k-i-n-g-a-n-s thepiercekegans.bandcamp.com and as always, we'll play the full song, Only Wanted to Be, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And we have another fun one for you tonight, all the way from Canada, I believe. Please welcome to the podcast, Eric Barnes. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good evening, Chuck and Roxy. How are you two? <laughs> We're great. Oh, so formal. We love it. <laughs> we'll start formal, Chuck, and then we'll get more informal as we go. Okay. All right. Sounds, Sounds good. Sounds great. So now this has been a long time coming. Now you're in Canada, right? 
Yeah. So the, the one thing that confuses anyone that talks to me, uh, amongst other things, is my family and I were Americans who live in Canada. So we moved here from Texas. So if I talk to people from Texas, I can get into the Texas y'alls and kind of the, okay. the Texas slang pretty quickly, uh, Chuck. But we've lived here since 2003 in Calgary, Alberta. So I do say process instead of process. Uh-huh. Um, so a few a, a few of those pronunciations. Okay. Um, I, I'm consistent to, to Canada. I have tried since 2003 not to say a. Yeah, well, I was going to say I didn't hear much of an accent. <laughs> so there's two things about Canada that um, I try not to do, which is like a at the end of sentences. And then the one thing about Canadians is they're the most polite people on the planet. So they always apologize. Right. Like. I'm sorry, da, da, da. I try not to do that either. Um, but I might not. I might slip in, right? You never know. Right. I feel so. like I'd fit in perfect in Canada. I well, say I'm sorry all the time. All right. Well, Roxy, I mean, I, I, I'll share this on the air. Uh, I yep. always thought I was going to marry a Canadian woman. I really did. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I, one of the best summers of my life, Eric, was uh, one of the tours I was on, Miss Saigon. We started mm-hmm. in Vancouver, and the entire summer we worked our way across Canada to wow. Montreal. And Calgary was one of the stops. Had a mm-hmm. good time. Yep. Wait, whoa, oh, oh. There's is there um there's a wings place called it has Lou's in it. Louis. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that that's a. I'm not sure if that's even here anymore though. Oh, Chuck, um, it was so good. But, um, Bummer. No, it's <laughs> he got yeah. he just got no, really excited. Did you, did, did you guys go like uh when you did that tour, Chuck? Did you do it on the train? Did you did you take like the train or did you, were you on a bus? Oh no, it was a bus and travel bus and truck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, my lord. Yeah, we traveled. I mean, just I mean, I I can't imagine like so everyone who lives in Canada. It's one thing that the drive from Vancouver to you get to Calgary and you go over the Rockies is a great drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very picturesque. Very scenic. But once you leave Calgary and you're in the plains, then it's a lot of fields. Right. <laughs> well, very flat. Now, right. and full disclosure, Eric, there might have been a few in there that we flew. I don't quite remember. It was a long okay. time. It was like gotcha. 2004. So it's been a while. Gotcha. But I know we drove some of them because they were close enough. Mm-hmm. You know, That's went, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot wow. of fun. So, Littles, this has been a lot of fun because now when Roxy and I, we call these people, and especially when we don't know them and we talk about the podcast mm-hmm. and things like that, we just start getting into like conversations before we even start the podcast. And then it's like, wait, this and would be perfect. Yeah, right. So now, Eric, you were talking right away and we're going to go back to meet you. Don't worry about it. Yep. But you were telling us a story about your wife. Yeah. So the, so the one story, and I think we were talking about the fact that you two have known each other for nine years and You've recently gotten married, and I was just telling you guys, you two, the story about when my uh, parents met the future Mrs. Barnes for the first time in 1982. I think it took them 10 minutes before they realized that they liked her better than me. <laughs> so from that point forward, while my parents were still alive, it was always like a three-on-one kind of thing. Oh. Um, you know, like it was like you were it, it, both my parents going, you know, you really should do this for Jenny, and ah. you really should do that for Jenny. <laughs> So I don't know if your relationships with your parents are the same, Chuck and Roxy, but it was uh, it was always like uh, I always preferred going to my in-laws than my parents' house. Uh. Just joking, of course, but you know. So, well, I just um, I remember meeting his dad for the first time, and actually all of his four sisters. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For uh, for New Year's Eve in 2013, and I didn't realize that he comes from a very they're very 
avid hunters and oh. his dad grew up and he explained it to me and I, now I'm, I'm not so shocked, but there was a moment of shock when I walked in the door and saw a deer head on display on the wall. <laughs> so, so Chuck, where did you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York Yeah, in the middle of nowhere on okay. a farm and my dad grew up on it. My grandfather was a dairy farmer. Yeah. So he would make cheese huh. on the farm. And so it's, it's all been about farming. Right. You know, everyone thinks we're from New York, which I am, but it's upstate, upstate New York. different. It's not, completely it's different. Not it's not the city. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Chuck told me, he was like, listen, he's going to ask you to try a deer cutlet. Yeah. And you're just going to have to try it. And I was so nervous. <laughs> I had two bites, but I think that was enough for his dad to see to be like, okay, she's all right. And she at least tried it. That's when he knew. Yeah. And then he, and then, you know, Chuck, he was like, hey, you want some ketchup with that? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> Thanks. That is so funny. Anyway. Um, it, it brings me back. To, so I grew up an hour north of Baltimore, Maryland, in a town called York, Pennsylvania, which is oh, yeah. deer yeah. hunting area in yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. And York is very Germanic. So my family, Chuck, are not hunters. Like we're like the atypical Pennsylvania mm-hmm. family. <laughs> but all my friends would, would go hunting. And I think deer season was started around Thanksgiving. Yep. Or the, and at that I point, I think even the Friday after Thanksgiving was not even a holiday yet. So all my friends would go hunting with their dads. Mm-hmm. And because they were all Germanic families, they would come back with these excuse slips to school that would say, you know, junior went hunting. And, and so then they would all be like in 24 hours of detention. Oh my um, gosh. Because, because they couldn't just lie and say they were sick, sick like or a, something, right. like a cold or something like that. That would not be an honest way of, right. um, of, of doing it. So as a kid, I think I ate, especially in high school, I think I ate more venison bologna. Like, they, like it, yeah. you know, they had every kind of cut of meat yeah um mm-hmm. that you could have but but roxy i'm like you when it comes to the steaks i was always like uh can i get the already processed food that's <laughs> right. funny roxy where are you from i'm from connecticut so you're somewhat familiar with, with yeah some of this di- my my thing. uncles hunted but i was more familiar with fishing my dad fished mm-hmm. i would go oh, with him and yeah i would catch little sunnies and uh, throw them back. One time yeah. I caught a catfish. Yeah. It scared me, so I threw my pole into the <laughs> pond. <laughs> yep. So this That's totally took funny. a different direction than I thought. That was great. Um, <laughs> so now, all right, so you grew up in York, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and now yep. you're in Canada. So we have to tie this all together. So, so, so yes. where, where do we so, go so, next? So, Did you go to school, all that stuff? Yeah, so I'll take you through the whole ping pong Eric Barnes story. So parents met in the Chicago area. And I was born in Hammond, Indiana, northwestern part of Indiana, close to Chicago. So if you're familiar with any of the postings on Twitter of Chris Davenport, mm, or, yeah. uh, you know, like he'll, you'll see him walking through Whiting that's close to where I was born. Lived there for two years. My father took a job in York. Born and raised really in York, Pennsylvania. One of my grandparents was an electrical engineering professor and an assistant track coach. And he was like the scoreboard operator for basketball and football games at Virginia Tech. And my dad went to Virginia Tech. So oh, I went to Virginia Tech. Wow. Because I was kind of given a choice of one school to yeah, go right. to. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, <laughs> a kind of thing. And that's where I met the aforementioned Mrs. Barnes. Oh, neat. And I refer to her as Mrs. Barnes because the whole, that woman I'm related to, by I never get the acronym right. I never get the letters right. It's too many letters. Yeah. Too complicated it is a lot. Me. It is a all lot. That, all that kind of stuff. And we got married like a year out, out of school. So we lived in the D.C. area. And that's really where I became aware of Tony. Because when you lived in the D.C. area in the early 80s, I mean, the, 
the paper you got was the post, the columnist you read was Tony. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I mean, I read Tony, and I read Boz, like all the older guys. I don't ever remember reading Will Bond, to be honest with you. Oh, um, interesting. For what I mean, I'm sure I did, but it just, I think he was younger, probably not as featured a columnist right. at the time. Sure. I mean, Feinstein, for sure, you know, was was a big columnist at the time, and he was just beginning his books and things like that. And we lived in the D.C. area for six years, and then I went to grad school in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon. And we moved from D.C. to Pittsburgh, and we ended up staying in Pittsburgh for six years. So I went to Carnegie Mellon for two years for grad school. And once I got my MBA from Carnegie Mellon, we stayed there and lived in one of the southern suburbs for four years. You know, really fell in love with Pittsburgh and the area and the people and all those things. Um, And the one side story I'll tell you is we lived there the two years that the Mario Lemieux Penguins won the Stanley Cup. We lived very close to Art Rooney Jr., who was the son of the owner of the Steelers. Uh We lived like kind of behind our street, like a our back lot yard kind of backed into a backyard that was Dan Marino's in-laws. Oh. Um, and then across the street was like Mario Lemieux's first house. Now, you have to understand that I'm two miles at least away from all these places, kind of, right. sort of, because like I was not in the expensive part of town where these people live. But I was traveling to Minneapolis on a project every week. And when they played that first Stanley Cup finals, they were playing the Minnesota North Stars. So I actually sat behind the Stanley Cup, like one Monday morning, you know, like at that point I had enough miles on Northwestern where I was getting bumped up to first class for like a free cup of coffee type thing. (laughs) And the Stanley Cup, at that point, they weren't putting it in the case. Like they didn't put it in the the case that you see them bring it out. And it was like these two guys and they looked like WWE guys (laughs) and they were the guards of the Stanley Cup, right? So one sat, like the Stanley Cup sat in the window seat. And one of the big guards sat next to the Stanley Cup. And then I sat behind the cup and the other guard sat next to me. Oh, my God. And it was like it, it, there wasn't much discussion and I right. wasn't touching the cup. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, and the neat thing about Pittsburgh itself is Pittsburgh is one of those really weird places where everyone refers to their sports team in the collective we. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like yeah. we, mm-hmm. we, we won this. And, I, and now I talk that way because – We became Steeler fans over the six years that we were there. They were horrible when we were there. Mm -hmm. But the one thing with the Steelers, the Steeler fan base, and at the time at Three Rivers Stadium was still there, the Steeler fan base, Pittsburgh as a city, you have the North Hills, the South Hills. It's kind of a hilly area. There are, if you live in the South Hills, like where we lived, you would never go to the North Hills or you would never go to different parts of the city, not because they were dangerous places to go, but you just wouldn't go there because right. why would you go there when everything was around you? Right. So the thing with the Steeler fans, and I think it still is true to this day, is so you'd have like a lawyer that maybe lived in our neighborhood and you'd have a steel worker that lived in a di- different part of the city, maybe a cop in a different part of the city and a doctor from a different part of the city. These are people that whose families would have never have met, mm-hmm. right? But they had Steeler season tickets in the same section for 30 some years And there were always these stories about kids met and got married because their parents were in the same section at Three Rivers Stadium. And every one of these sections in Three Rivers Stadium would have like, they'd have like summer reunions, like they missed each other. So they would get together at summer, like section, I'm making a number up now, 312. 
third week in June would have like a summer reunion just because they missed each other. That is so sweet. Um, Sounds and, like and, the Littles. And, and yeah, I was going to say, it's like Summer Littles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it kind of is, but yeah. in, a, in a Pittsburgh yeah, shot sure. in a beer, right. you know, shot in a beer kind of way. And just as the city goes, it's a very ethnic city, right? So mm-hmm. like we live kind of in a Greek neighborhood. So all these Greek families kind of uh, took us, this young married couple, by yeah, <laughs> by the wings. wings, kind of, yeah, that kind of thing. So, so we lived in Pittsburgh for six years. And then just because I would like, the only thing Chuck, I would say is that I'll just, in my job, I travel a lot. I work in IT and I do a lot of projects. Okay. So I was traveling a lot to Houston. And so we decided to move to Houston. So we moved down to Houston just so the family could be with me and I didn't have to travel every week. Right. And we lived in Houston for three years. We moved to Brussels, Belgium for three years. What? <laughs> Yeah. And then we moved back to Houston for three years and we had no plans to move anywhere. And our kids were like, you know, it's three years. We move every three years. Uh, when are we moving? Kind of thing. Right. And literally like two weeks later, we ended up moving to Calgary, but we've stayed in Calgary since 2003. And the thing with Calgary, and this is the funny thing about like my childhood friends who I'm still close to in York, all my childhood friends will say things to me like, are you speaking Quebecois yet? And I'm like, I live like 2,000 miles away from Montreal and, you know, you live in New York City where you guys live. Like, well, I have a couple of good friends that live in New York City. You're closer to them than I am. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And no one here is speaking, you know, very few people speak French as French, a second yeah. language here. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, you just don't. Calgary itself is probably the easiest place for an American to live outside of the country in the sense of there's 80,000 Americans that live here. And, you know, I think like we moved here from Houston. Country music was big in Houston. Country music's big in Calgary. The, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show is the big event in Houston. Calgary Stampede is a big event here. Oh, um, wow. Texas beef, Alberta beef, right. oil and gas, you yep. know, oil and gas companies, oil and gas companies. So the only difference is, is that Calgary is probably about a, a third of the size of Houston. Right. And colder. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so when people ask me to compare Houston to uh, Calgary, what I say is um, Calgary, the winters are bad, but you can always put on like another layer or another sweater mm-hmm. or something like that. In Houston, the summers are bad. And at you just get to the point of you're running out of things to take off, <laughs> right, and no one right. wants, and no one wants to see you, right? right. Um, well, it's in, a dry in, heat, in that right? state, right? <laughs> right, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. All right, so you got us from York to Calgary. So yep. now we're gonna try to fill in some because we've got a ton of sure. questions, but we already have to take yep. a break. So uh, okay. you're coming back. I'm not even gonna ask. Yep. All right, loyal littles, we'll be right back with meet the littles. This is Sully from Boston, and if you're looking for a New England ESPN1 effort event, you should ship up to Boston's Hub Pub on August 7th for Summer of Littles 3.1. If you can't handle the truth of a New England ESPN1 effort experience, I encourage you to search summeroflittles.com for Weathersfield, Connecticut, or for the truly desperate New York City. No matter what effort level you can handle, Remember to RSVP at summeroflittles.com. This is Sully from Boston. Navarrevere! On the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are lucky enough to be talking here with Eric Barnes. And we 
kind of got the map now yeah. of your life, which mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now we have mm-hmm. to try to piece this together. Okay, so you're, you went to undergrad at Virginia Tech. Is that what you said? Correct. Okay, and what was your major there? So I was an industrial engineering and operations research. So um, when I went to school there, I had to be an engineer because my dad and my grandfather were engineers. But mm-hmm. I was also told by my dad, don't be an electrical engineer because there's some professors that really didn't like your grandfather. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Oh, that's right. Because all, you all went well, to the same school, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, well, and it's not like from a competitive standpoint. It was more from a, my grandfather was probably the professor of some of their when they were undergrad. Right. And he was not necessarily known as an easy grader. Sure. <laughs> so, that, you know, there was a. You got to work for your grades, you know? I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, you know, the one thing I would say, you know, just to connect that story a bit, and, and I'll just go down the depressing part for two minutes. So, so, my grandfather, for part of his career, he taught in the building that where the shooting happened, mm. right? So, for that, for me, it is intensely personal because of that, right? Just because, I mean, you know, it's kind of like my family's school. I can't imagine a place that I felt safer in my life than there. Yeah. When I was there the four years and yet that event happened. Right. And so it's really, really hard to reconcile that. You just can't, right? It it, it can't be explained. You can't deny that it happened and and no one does. And no one kind of, you know, the one thing with that school community, because it's a pretty tight school community, is the school kind of turned it into, to some extent, as much of a strength as it could, right? The, the sure. way they honored the 32 victims. They actually do like five, like to this day, when I take a walk, I try to take a five kilometer walk because it's 3.2 miles and there's 32 right. victims. Right. The shooting. So that's kind of, you know, there's always a 5K run on the, on the anniversary of that day. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things that they commemorate, you know, throughout the year. So at the end of the day, I am a huge Virginia Tech sports fan. I can tell you from rooting for them since like the late 60s, like I'm, I'm a huge fan. The only time I get nervous is if they're on TV here and a football game is on. I've seen them lose more ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, when I was growing up as a kid, they were always like a three and eight team or a four and seventeen sure. or a two and nine team. So any, I'm not really too fussed about as long as they have a winning record. Sure. Like I'm, I'm sure. always kind of just amazed. Right. Yeah. Um, now, really interested. Actually, moving on from there, you went to Carnegie sure. Mellon, and the reason I'm saying this is because that yeah. was one of my choices of a school ah. I've looked into because it's a very big, you mm-hmm. know, musical theater. Yeah. School. They have a great, great yeah, absolutely. Yes. So what was yes. your major there? So I went to the business school and the business school at the time when I went there, was probably like 75 to a hundred yards from the theater that the theater school used. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I went there it was, I went there from 87 to 80, not 1989. So it was just after all the Hill street blues people, had kind of gone through, you know, like mm-hmm. the show Hill Street Blues in the 80s was written. All the writers came from Carnegie Mellon. Oh, wow. Most of the actors, a lot of the actors did as well, with the exception of a few. Most of like Boncho and the, the director were, were all Carnegie Mellon grads. And it was written about the Hill District in Pittsburgh, which is kind of behind the University of Pittsburgh. And it's kind of a rougher part of town. Mm-hmm. Not that far, actually, from Carnegie Mellon. If you walk, you know, if you walked it, maybe a 30 minute walk kind of thing, or maybe a 25 minute walk. Wow. So I don't know if anybody really famous was there when I was there, but you know, I would, you would go to plays and things like that. And one of my uh, really good friends that I graduated with, his son this year goes into school as a freshman into the theater program. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Chuck, so it's, so it's kind of a neat kind of 
connect the dots. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, totally. Kind of thing. But the really funny, one of the, the differences I can, I can tell you is, so when I went to Virginia Tech, oh, I mean, we were trying so hard to be good at football. We were spending <laughs> so much money and expanding the stadium and doing all these things, right? Yeah. So then, you know, six years later, you go to Carnegie Mellon. And their football stadium is a thousand people big. And at the time, they were giving away floppy disks to try to get people to go to games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is like, can, you know, can this be any more apropos? I mean, one, it kind of shows you how long ago it was, yeah. right. Right. floppy disk type yeah. thing. But I'm sure 10 years ago, they were probably giving flash drives or something like right. that to entice people to go to games, right? So it was really kind of funny. And where, and Chuck, where Carnegie Mellon is, I mean, it's a, uh, the studio where Mr. Rogers worked was not that far from there as well. Right. Um, so you, at times you'd see Mr. Rogers walking down the street. Uh. And the University of Pittsburgh is very close by. Like the schools are, there's about four or five smaller colleges, all that are kind of interconnected with the University of Pittsburgh. It's quite an academic corridor of universities in that section of Pittsburgh called Oakland. Oh. Um, and it was way different than D.C. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was going to ask now, um, so because this is a, a, a big question we ask a lot of our guests, especially someone mm-hmm. like you that moved all around. I mean, you, yep. you dropped like at least four or five different places you, you lived. Yep. Do you mm-hmm. have a professional sports fandom base? I mean, I'm, it's sounding like Pittsburgh, but. So because I grew up in New York, I grew up a Baltimore fan. So, okay. um, so to this day, I'm an Orioles fan and it kills me. Um, <laughs> just how, just how bad they were. And, you know, I grew up a Colts fan when they were there. Oh, right. And so the Mayflower, the moving on the Mayflower vans is something I vividly remember. And, you know, Baltimore fans had a great bumper sticker because, you know, Mr. Like Robert Ursay was the owner of the Colts at the time. And people in Baltimore had bumper stickers that said, Will Rogers never met Bob Ursay ah. because Will because Will Rogers had the famous statement of he never yeah. met a man he didn't like. Never. Oh yeah, right. And so that was the bumper sticker in Baltimore. And then when we lived in D.C., we really became Caps fans, like uh, mm-hmm. the Washington Capitals. I mean, I had like many season tickets. Like I can't tell you how many games, playoff games I went to where the Caps just lost these crier games, like just these. Painful, like overtime losses to the Islanders, all that stuff. And it was just a complete disaster. The bullets at the time in the Capitals. But, and then we moved to Pittsburgh and it took us, it took about six years for us to kind of trade in the Redskins card. Right. (laughs) Right. For the Steelers. And it was only because the Steeler fan base is like a big college fan base, right? And so you either buy into it or you don't buy into it. And that's where you go from there. When we moved to Houston, we were there the two years that the Rockets won their, their two NBA titles. Oh, oh um, So we became Rockets fans. So you, you see, we kind of pick up a team wherever yeah, we go, guys. Well, that's fair. And then when we lived in Belgium, for whatever reason, the team we picked up on where was Arsenal in England from a soccer perspective. Uh-huh. And then when we moved up here, we, we've kind of like I've become kind of a Flames fan. Mrs. Barnes is a Vancouver Canucks fan. So the, oh. the one thing about us as a couple is my wife Jenny, she's as big a sports fan. In fact, in some of the sports, she's way more knowledgeable than I am, right? You know, I like a, when you're an Arsenal fan living here in Calgary, <laughs> half the games you're watching start at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Right. She's the one who's much more dependable getting up than I am in those mornings. So, yeah, but from my background, Chuck and Roxy, I'm, I'm one of those kids that uh, when I woke up, I read the sports section first. Mm-hmm. 
mostly because my dad had the other sections. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, uh, but I read the, I read the sports section first. You know, I, I learned math in the summer in the seventies, um, with the sporting news and all the baseball statistics and all those, like I would just yeah. pour through sure. those kinds of things. Right. So always been predominant sports first in my family, because my parents required it, you had to talk about politics couldn't shy away from it and current events, right? So that's what we talked about at the dinner table. We would talk about sports. You know, we watch sports all the time, but it wasn't so much a dinner table conversation. My parents kind of drove it to current events and things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, Eric, we're quickly running out of time here. And we have a thing on the Loyal Littles podcast where we feel like we have to ask at least some fun, dumb questions, if that's okay. Sure. Now, but this has been great because for the record, we've covered everything. We've got, we even have soccer and hockey talk. Mm -hmm. Stanley Cup. I mean, this was great. Oh, yeah. We have a Stanley Cup moment. Uh, And we know what Tony would say about that. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing worse to talk about than hockey. Right. It gets, it's bad for the ratings. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's funny. We have quite a few listeners that write in about the hockey. And so they they enjoy it, I think. Mm -hmm. I I think it's... it's... I think because they've realized that we don't have a lot of hockey knowledge. So whenever there is hockey talk, it it kind of... Oh, yeah. We have no idea what we're talking about. Piques their interest, yeah. None whatsoever. But we've had some really great stories. Keeps them sticking around. I mean, seriously, you're going to have to go back and listen to some episodes because we've got Joe Magnew, who just was on recently. He's a camera operator for the Stanley Cup Finals Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Or not. I mean, he's from Pittsburgh. So you'll have to check him out. Bobby Godfrey I mean, is Bobby a Godfrey, huge, course, hockey, I mean, huge fan. hockey fan. Oh, Bob, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. yeah. I mean, and all those guys, right? They're like all of them. I'm constantly amazed at the things that all of them do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the Jingle Fest. It's just like the talent of that group. I mean, I'm oh. I'm speaking to two people working in the theater, present company right. included in that. Wow. Um, but it's just incredible to me, like the jingles. I'm just astounded. Okay. Well, and real quick, because you kind of, you set us up perfectly for this and I feel horrible because two things. First of all, my apologies for spelling your name wrong on the form that we sent you. Oh, don't worry about that. Um, I think I want to say it was autocorrect because of your last, but whatever. It's no excuse. I should have triple checked that before I sent that. So we have to reset the board to zero on that. (laughs) And second of all, the, the one thing you put on the form was ask you why you're such a loyal little, even though, so to your knowledge, you've never met Another little, I have another never little. met so so all these people whose names I'm dropping, uh-huh. right, Chuck? Like I, I actually wrote down all the littles that I've either like conversed with via Twitter because I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm okay. not so much of a Facebook person, uh-huh. and I think I have like 200 names. And I was and I thought to myself before doing this call with you, you know, should I build a pyramid of littles, you know, kind of thing, <laughs> like rank them? And here's the problem with that: the very top on my list is Claire Natola. Well, hello, because, naturally. Well, now, but catch this. She sent me cookies. What? <laughs> she sent me, of course she wait sent a minute. me cookies. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Claire. Claire. Yeah. Wait, Claire was our right. first right. ever guest on the Loyal Littles podcast. And of course, it was like, duh, right? Right. It was, to me, it right. was no, no brainer. No brainer. Okay. Right. But we didn't get so, any cookies. So, so, she, so she sent me cookies, right? Yeah. Went over the border, right? They didn't get broken. They were phenomenal. Wow. Um, so my, if you would, this pyramid of Littles I have, it's like Claire as at the very top. And then it's now, because I've talked to you two guys, you, you guys are now on the second layer oh. and, then, and then catch this. Then it's like 250 people on the third. <laughs> so it's not really much of a pyramid. It's more of a pancake. 
Right. Uh-huh. 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 And pancake. Pancake right. with a little you know, mound so, of like whipped cream on it. There you go. Oh, <laughs> cherry but, on top. Like a, so Claire's the cherry, yeah. we're the whipped cream, and then there's the pancake. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just for me, I mean, that whole community of people, it's way more interesting than the actual. I mean, the show's great. The show's fine. Yeah. All those things. Oh, but but yeah. it's the people attached to it that I find interesting. Oh, absolutely. Right? And um, we've, we've had other and, guests and say you, this. Jason Fuse has said you, this. I'm, I can't remember. I apologize for the other ones I haven't. But it's amazing how they, but, they said that this community will, it will continue on. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Tony's going to retire someday, probably. Right. Yep. And this community will hopefully still continue on. Oh, absolutely. The friendships mm-hmm. and the bonds yep. and the connective tissue, whatever you want to call it. And it's funny because if we may, I mean, I'm not trying to pat yep. ourselves on the back, though. When I had this idea for this podcast, this, it's is, for, exactly this why. is exactly the reason why people like you and us, because mm-hmm. we had never until very recently, we've never met a little. Okay. Yeah. So my dream, my dream, Chuck, is to go to a bar sometime when all these people are there. Uh-huh. And just sit at the bar and just figure out who is who. I mean, for yeah. the most part, you can see their pictures <laughs> and just buy them free drinks. Well, wow. but they don't know who the free drinks is coming from, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Because, like, if you look at all the things that these people do, um, like Garrett Shulman or Ed Butt, uh, like the, the, I'm, I'm now kind of listing the the Michigan arm of, of all of this. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, and I'm missing one because I can't read my own writing that I wrote all these people's names down in. <laughs> but like the, the, the one joke, you know, you had mentioned Jason Fuse. So my, so my joke is, is that if you took Jason Fuse, if you took Robert Berg, if you took Luke Overbay and you took Sully and you said, can you please recite by word the last DKE album? <laughs> I am sure Sully would know, oh. w- would be able to do it more. Maybe Jason could hang with him. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> right. And yeah. I think Jason wrote most of the songs, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and then unfortunately, of course, Robert is, is pretty active. And then Luke becomes kind of like the fifth Beatle in this thing. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that as, out of disrespect, but I'm just amazed like at, at how Sully drops things. Oh, like, yeah. Just references. And I'm like, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So all this talk and your dreams and stuff like that, you do realize they could come true, right? On August 7th. On August 7th. Because Canada's coming out of a lockdown. Oh, right. There's a good chance we actually may take a trip at that time. So I don't know if I want to volunteer to be the host of the Calgary event. Gotcha. Which we, we may be there or we're going to be in Victoria or, or Vancouver. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. like, so, so it's kind of like once we figure out, then I will figure out which place to go to. Well, or I was going to say you could places. take a longer trip and, and go to me. DC. Well, I would love to have yes. you here in New York for, right. you know, yep. earlies. But I mean, if you really yep. want to fulfill that dream, I mean, you got to get to mm-hmm. Dina's because Dina has like 40 people coming, I'm right, sure. And right. they're all the big bank you know because they're all wow. that's, that's they're in maryland that's, or yeah. dc or whatever yep. so yeah yeah exactly that would be the place exactly. but mm-hmm. you know i mean don't get us wrong hurley's is going to be a great time now i see and if you are you want the dke experience i mean i know for a fact sully do you hear me sully i'm promoting your <laughs> summer of littles event because he has said he will bring he's bringing the book and he will be reciting from it so if oh you're my D- lord yes <laughs> I mean, that is so consistent. As we've right? said, the, <laughs> important, the important thing is that you get to one of them. There's so many places you could go, right? For sure, I'm not going to get to the East Coast on August 7th. So okay. I got to hang on a West Coast type thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, uh, and I just want to mention, I think Kim Wilson is the other of the Michigan people. Oh, yeah. Right? No, yep. So like, so it's kind of funny, like, you know, those 
Italian, like the Italian espresso makers that you put on the stovetop, like the kind of the old school. Mm-hmm. I learned how to use one of those watching a video from Garrett Shulman, a guy who I've never met. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. That's funny. <laughs> right. It wasn't as hard. I mean, I, if you use one, it's not really that hard to use. But if you've never used one before, I was convinced it was going to be, I needed a PhD in nuclear engineering to figure it out. Yep. Well, um, like you said, you'll have to play catch up because this podcast yep. is for you because that's yeah. why we did it. It was yep. like, because we wanted to put a mm-hmm. voice to these, all these Tweets Twitter and... names and Facebook names yep. and yeah. all these people in these groups. And so we hope we've accomplished that because we've, we're yes. in the seventies. We're almost at episode 75. So yep. we're excited about That's that. That's incredible. How long do you think you can go? As long as, as long there are as the littles, littles that want to come on, you know? Yeah. And I mean, at some cool. point, I think we'll start because we've already had people like I feel bad now because we've, you know, this was a learning experience for us, too. We weren't professional podcasters or we weren't even journalism majors or anything. You know, we're just two actors <laughs> and musicians. Yeah. We didn't have jobs. So right. I'm like, well, let's do we have to we had to find something to occupy my. T- well, she was like, you, you need, need a, a hobby. hobby. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> So this became my hobby. And now it's become now it's like careful what you wish for. But. We we started with no equipment. Just I was sitting on the couch. He was in the other room trying to Skype each other with our headphones. I go back and listen to some of these episodes and I cringe. It sounds terrible. And And we're so sorry, people. (laughs) I I really wish we could go back and redo some of them. Yeah. Because... But you we know. may we may start to revisit some old guests. Yeah, and... I think you should bring random combinations of people. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we have know, some, um... we have some things up our sleeves mm-hmm. actually. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But um, like I said ten minutes ago, we can't get you out of here without. Let's do at least one fun dumb question, Roxy. Oh, sure. We're almost out of time. Oh here. gosh, what was your favorite toy growing up? Basketball. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, let me leave you with, with, with one good story on basketball. So I played basketball in high school. And my junior year in high school, I was somewhere between the 9th, 10th, 11th, or 12th man on the team. Like We, like, we had four scrubs, of which I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And the 12th man didn't even wear the same warm-ups as the other 11, right? So like we, then oh, the wow. four of us had like a rotating system, right? So in my junior year, we played a high school who had a center named Sam Bowie, who was the infamous guy who was drafted before Michael Jordan in the NBA draft. And the only reason why this story is important is my job as the 12th man on the basketball team was that week that we were practicing to play Sam Bowie, I was the guy under the basket with the broom, right? So like I was, I was the seven footer. I was like the the quasi seven footer and I'm like six foot one. So I had a broom and my job was to block shots, you know, right. as people were, were practicing and I almost got thrown out of about three. At that point, it was kind of like a, a moment of clarity for me because I, I had a little too much fun with the broomstick and I started hitting people with it. Oh. And I started realizing, hey, these guys are so much better than me anyway. So I might as well foul them because they're going to score on me to be, you know, that right. kind of. So, yeah. uh, but that, that's one of my, uh, that's my sporting claim to fame, Chuck, because yeah. I was, uh, I, I was the guy who held the broom. Who held the broom. <laughs> <laughs> That's All a great right. story. So now, Eric, how can we get in touch if you want to be? You're on Twitter, you said, and stuff? Yeah, that's the best place to get a hold of me. Okay. Right? Um, What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter ha- handle is a very original one. It's Eric C. Barnes. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Oh, I am an over. Okay. Over. All right. Cool. I'm over. But I'm not Chuck Todd. I'm not going like so if I ever meet you guys and I come to your place, 
I'm not. You're not switching the toilet it. Paper. All right. No, <laughs> no. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right? I, I mean, I just. Excellent. I love it. Well, Eric, thank you again for coming on and taking the time to meet the littles. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much for inviting me. Anytime. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. This is Dave Spector from Bells Up Winery. While our hosts take a quick break, wouldn't it be a good time to pour yourself a nice glass of Pinot Noir? I mean, Chuck and Roxy are probably enjoying one themselves right now, so why shouldn't you? Now back to the Loyal Little Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And okay, I need to say this right now. Eric, if you're ever practicing to guard Sam Bowie... You need to say that right up front. I mean, Claire, this is for you. Way to bury the lead. LED. Seriously, what a great freaking story. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a fun little extra story to tell you. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on to Meet the Littles. And, Roxy, we wanted to get into a few little things here before we take off. One of which is we did want to acknowledge the passing of, uh, on this day in 2003, Bob Hope died. Now, first of all, all right, A, he was 100 years old, which just blew my mind because I knew he was up there. I did not know he was exactly 100. And it was 18 years ago. Wow. It's just, it doesn't seem like it's that long. I, it's, the time is going by so quickly. Now, didn't you just tell me that we actually got married on his birthday? Yeah, we did. He was born on May 29th. Wow. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I Full mean, circle connection. Right. So, and the one really cool thing I just wanted to make notice of was in 1997, the U.S. Congress declared him the first and only honorary veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces. Oh, wow. And obviously that's because of all his hard work he did with you the, know, USO. the USO shows and, mm-hmm. and entertaining the troops. And wow. I mean, all those. If you ever get to see those clips, they're just amazing. They yeah. really are. And just a uh, great entertainer. Yeah. And so, Roxy, real quick. Now, don't give away too much because the new episode was just yesterday. And I know you're all caught up, but let's do a quick uh, little Bachelorette update. Well, another one of her men decided to leave on his own. He's single dad. He was FaceTiming with his son back home and his son, I think, is like three or four years old and basically told his dad, dad doesn't love me anymore. That's why he's not here. He doesn't want to be with me. So he freaked out and he went to Katie and he said, listen, I got to go. You're wonderful. You taught me that I could love again. And that is something I'll always cherish. But I I have to go be a dad and be with my son. And yeah, I mean, he was a stand up guy. Just I think I don't know if he wants to be ready to find love again. I, I just don't know if now is the time and especially to leave your son for an, such an extended amount yeah, of time. Three year old son. It is what it is. He was great. And then they switched on over to the men tell all. So all the men that she sent home, come back and basically duke it out, talk it out, hug it out, bro it out, face okay. her, ask her any questions, any anything they want to know to gain closure on why their relationship didn't work out. And she handled herself really well. Catboy was there and he ended up making out with a random audience member, which I'm not sure. I mean, Wait, if that was happening? staged or what, um, because they seemed awfully comfortable with each other. So basically, this is just a bitter. Yeah, they, they, they just get to be all bitter and angry as to why she sent them home. Yeah, but to be honest, these guys overall were fairly calm and... 
And so then this is in front of a live audience? Yeah. So okay. actually, this is the first live audience the show has had in over a year. Um, oh, wow. So they okay. were actually able to have a studio audience there okay. this time, which COVID was really compliance cool. Thing, Col- yes. Okay. But yes. then one of the guys gets to go make out with someone get, in the audience? I get. Well, he got okay. sent home because he wasn't a good kisser. And so they were questioning, the two co-hosts were questioning if when he went home, if anyone confirmed that he's not a good kisser. That's why Katie sent him home. And so this woman just jumps up and he and she says, hey, you know, I saw you looking at me before. I think you're a really great. Can I like kiss you and let you know what I think? And it, yeah, it was pretty awkward. What did she think? She said he's a great kisser. So I mean, I, you know what? I, yeah, think, I think it, it depends on the person. But also that was weird. And I don't know. I felt a little icky about it. If they really are strangers, we're still in COVID. Well, that's I don't what know. I was going to say. I'm more icky about that. Than I don't just know. The, I mean, it was yeah. interesting. That's right. for sure. All right. Well, that's our update. <laughs> Simon, you'll have to write that's in. a lot. <laughs> you'll have to write in and let us know what you think. And then real quick, we wanted to, uh, we haven't done this in a long time, Roxy, and we apologize for that, but we have a tiny little suggestion. We haven't done that. And that's thanks to Eric Lonergan. I had a tiny little suggestion weeks ago and we just never put it on the air. What did we, what was that? It was for uh, Claire to follow kitten underscore faces on Instagram. Oh, but we we emailed her that, right? I guess, but I, I guess, so. okay, yeah. so maybe it was less for Claire now and, and more, more for, for the, the little. Right. Okay, e- so any, do every, it again. What everyone was that? else. Kitten underscore faces. So singular kitten underscore faces it's, on Instagram? On Instagram. She's a foster, a kitten foster parent and she actually just adopted them out or they went on to another foster or whatever to be adopted but she did recently have nine kittens nine little babies prancing around and they were so cute and each one she always would whatever batch of kittens she has she names them based on a theme so this theme was all trees so you had Sequoia and Willow and oh, okay. Those are it was names, so actually. sweet. They okay. were so cute. And then you can obviously get in touch with her them. to adopt them, right? Yeah. Okay. Nine gotcha. of them. Well, that's one tiny little suggestion. <laughs> Mine is about a little show on Netflix. So what I had to do was because the, thing, all right, the thing with Netflix that drives me crazy is, uh, well, look, part of me loves it that you can just watch the whole season in one shot. Okay. It's not like week to week to week. However, when you do it that way... Almost a whole year, sometimes when you're in COVID, a year plus goes by and you haven't seen any of the episodes and then the new season comes out and you're like, wait, how did this end last season? I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. And if they don't do a previously on, you know, you don't previously. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what happened. So what I always do is what I try to do is I go back and watch the last episode of the season before, before I start watching the new season. Well, I did that the other night. I thought you had seen some of these episodes with me. So I'm watching season three, last episode. And Roxy's watching it with me and she's like, I really like this show. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this show. And the show is called Atypical. It's Atypical on Netflix. It's really interesting. I highly recommend it. Season four is out and it is the final season. And I love it because they went out on their own terms that it wasn't canceled, that they just decided for whatever reason, the story was going to be done and they decided they're going out. Now, the, the most interesting thing to me is it stars... Now, hold on to your hats here, Littles. <laughs> Michael Rappaport. Now, for those of you who know who Michael Rappaport is, <laughs> big New Yorker, New Yorker. New York. And he is very famous for his YouTube rants. Yes. I, mean, I don't know if they're on YouTube, wherever, on his Facebook page. And they're not 
subtle. Let's just put it that way. Okay. So he is known Definitely as this like, not family friendly, not family friendly. And he just lays it out there and he tells you what's on his mind and he doesn't <laughs> give a bleep who the hell cares how he, whatever. Okay. It is like the complete opposite in the show. He plays this loving, wholesome, wholesome dad. Well, for the most part, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, he has his issues. Okay. But. Yes. But it's not like, <laughs> no, not like the rants at no. all. I mean, he's actually a decent actor. Okay. <laughs> and he's been in other shows. He's been in other TV shows. It's not like this is the first time he's ever acted, but I just think it's funny. It also stars Jennifer Jason Lee from Fast Times at Ridgemont High fame. She's also one of the producers on the show. Oh, cool. And we should also give a quick shout out to actually the star, Kerr Gilchrist. And then uh, then their daughter is played by Bridget Lundy Payne. And she's also very good. But it's a great storyline. Another huge shout out. I, I keep doing all these shout outs. Dan Romer, who did the music. And it was funny because I'm listening to the music and I'm like, this sounds familiar. And it's the same guy that does The Good Doctor. And I love that show, too. Oh, so I recognized yeah. it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell when you hear, you know, a song played sure. by a certain person. So anyway, Littles, tiny little suggestion. You got two. You got The Kittens and you got Atypical on Netflix, fourth season. It doesn't take long. There's, I think there's only 10 episodes in a season. Highly recommend it if you're looking for a, a fun, I'd say, dramedy slash comedy. There's a lot of funny parts well, in it. that's a drama. You mean drama. Dramedy? Oh. Dramedy is what it's called. Dramedy. Okay. So you only have to say dramedy. Is that what the kids call it? Okay. Well, uh, it's either drama slash comedy or just dramedy. Okay. You kind of combine the two. Thanks for correcting me before the littles did. You're welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us so we can get out of here before I say something else stupid. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to head on over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give us a great rate and review over there. That's always appreciated. And once again, thank you, Eric Barnes, for being our Meet the Littles guest and all our bumpers we've been getting in. We're so excited about these. This week it was obviously Oz, the great and flavorful, and Sully from Boston. And don't forget to head on over to summeroflittles.com and RSVP. You only got not much time. You got about a week and a half. So make sure you head on over and do that. And we hope to see you all in New York City at Hurley's for our event. It's going to be really fun. Off the hook. All right, loyal littles. Have a great week. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, just use it. It was just a complete disaster. One, two, three, go.
Rebels podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Yeah.